Hello. Right, well, I will call. Hello, hello. I'm going to call the meeting to order. Um, Wednesday, January 19, 2022, Little Rock Water Reclamation Commission meeting. Hal Anderson is going to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Greg Ramon will make a special presentation. All right. Um, Chairwoman McBride, commissioners, uh, I'd like to welcome Mark Bennett our, to our virtual meeting. And boy, I wish it wasn't virtual, but, but obviously it is. Uh, Mark recently retired from the Arkansas Natural Resources Commission, where he has served as the Chief Water Development uh, Division. Uh, we have worked with Mark uh, and his staff very closely over the years on revolving loan funds. We've worked together um, on finding solutions to many of our consent administrative order issues that have come up. Uh, in 2017, Mark and his staff nominated uh, the utility for the EPA Pisces Award. It's a national award that's given uh, for innovative ideas that help improve the utility. Um, which we received, uh, which we received funding for. Um, it revolved around our sewer lateral replacement program, uh, which provides up to $2,500 to homeowners uh, who have their entire sewer line replaced. Um, as, and, and this was also a model for others to follow. That's one of the reasons why EPA gave us the award. And just very briefly, um, we have about 1,400 miles of pipeline system that we own uh, but when you include everyone's home sewer line into the system, it's probably closer to 2,800, if not 3,000 miles. But we're only responsible for 1,400, but all 2,800 miles leak. So when we can replace small pipes as opposed to the bigger pipes, it helps everyone. Uh, Mark, on behalf of the Little Rock Water Reclamation Authority and our commission, I would like to say thank you for the years uh, of dedicated service and tireless support to the Arkansas Natural Resources Commission. For over 36 years, you've worked to make Arkansas better. I've had the pleasure of working with you for over seven years, and it truly has been an honor. On behalf of our commissioners uh, and the staff, we would like to present you with this glass sculpture as a thank you for your service to Little Rock Water Reclamation, as well as the city of Little Rock. And Mark, would you like to say a few words if you don't, uh, if you'd like? Certainly, certainly, Greg. It's been great working with you and your staff, uh, uh, both uh, professionally and personally. I, I've, I've met a lot of great people and uh, have made a lot of great friends there. And I would uh, encourage the, the the reclamation uh, to continue working with our commission. Uh, you know, we use you guys as our example. We've used our uh, the, the, our fix it first kind of concept and uh, visiting with y'all periodically. We've utilized that uh, with North Little Rock and also now we're beginning to uh, uh, utilize it up in Northwest Arkansas. So, I mean, I, clearly y'all are the, the trendsetters. Uh, I've discussed that with my colleagues in other other states. Uh, uh, they like they like the find it fix it uh, concept, and I think it's probably been adopted in several other states. So it's been my pleasure to work with all of y'all. 
I look forward to, uh, to retirement, but I will miss all of y'all. So thank you so much, Greg. Thank you, uh, staff and, and board. Thank you. Well, Mark, uh, we're going to miss you. I certainly am going to miss you. And uh, thank you very much for everything you've done. And on behalf, again, of our staff and commissioners, um, we appreciate the work you've done. Have a great retirement, and I'm sure we'll, our paths will cross. I, I hope so. Thank you very much. And, and we look forward to, to seeing you in the future. Thank you, sir. Commissioner McBride. I'm Chairwoman McBride. Thank you for your service, Mr. Bennett, and your kind words about the authority. Congratulations on your retirement. Is there any objection to approving the minutes of the December 15th, 2021 meeting? Hearing none, uh, the minutes are approved. Do you have any public comments, emails, or statements? We have none. Okay, then Tanya Wallace will present a recommendation of award. Good afternoon, commissioners. I'll get this presentation fired up for you. Okay. Are you able to see the entire presentation? We are. Okay. What we have before you is the 2022 annual asphalt concrete surface repair contract, and it's a recommendation of award for construction. We utilize this contract, you know, to follow behind our 406 Clearwater Maintenance Department construction crews, and it they may go in after our crews have uh, repaired a main or relayed a main and do these asphalt and concrete surface repairs. You know, it's hard for us to dictate where we work, but we it's where we have to go and where we need to work. So we have to establish these a competitive bid unit price construction contract. And what we do here is we think we place all concrete and asphalt items in the bid form that could possibly be used just so we can establish those unit prices when we get to them throughout the year. We look at the benefits of this contract as, you know, for our crews, they are able to focus completely on the needed sewer work. And then as they complete that work, move to the next work in this this contractor comes in and does the dress up of the asphalt and concrete repairs. We budget this annually. We have approximately half of it is an falls under O&M and half under capital. And it is revenue funded. The way we set up the contract, we are able to renew it for up to a total of seven years. So what we did, it was time to re, we were had a bid opening on December the 30th of 2021 at 10 a.m. Going into this, this bid, we had four plan holders. When we opened the bids, we had one, which was Redstone Construction Group out of Little Rock, Arkansas. 
So we questioned our plan holders, you know, what happened? And we had one, he was out of Pennsylvania. He felt like this contract just, it would not fit his group given where he was located. The other two plan holders were actually going to combine into one bid and one, one company was going to handle the concrete, one was going to handle the asphalt. They became unsure of being able to make the repairs within the required 30 days. And what I mean by that is once the construction is over and we turn the work order over to this contractor to make these repairs, the clock starts ticking with the city of Little Rock to have these asphalt and concrete repairs made or they start assessing fines and we pass those fines to those contractors if they're not there within 30 days to make these repairs. That concerned this contractor, so they, they did not bid. So we turned back towards looking at our unit cost differences. We knew with the current market as it is now, we anticipated a con cost increase. So in our 2021 budget, we had anticipated a 33% increase due to labor and materials. As we opened bids, we found we allotted a 33% increase. When we opened bids, our, this bid was a 31% increase. We don't anticipate any future commission items for this, but I am opening the floor to questions at this time. And, and Tanya, let me let me just add. Um, so, Chairman McBride, Commissioners, um, at one point in the past, um, the utility did some of their repair work themselves, um, and really, this is a situation where. Um, this, it, we're not the experts at it, and we really need to give it to, to to the experts. So it's sort of like it's it's the we do what we do best, and we 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 contract out the things that others can do better. And um, so we've been doing this for for several years, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, Tanya, the the previous uh, contractor wanted an increase in price, and that's the reason why we went out for bid. We just can't give out 20% increase to somebody without going out for bid and that's what we have done and 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 obviously it's, it, it's the market is what the market is and 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 we'll deal with it um, the other thing is that uh, the important thing with with this contract is as Tanya stated is that the that the the repairs have to be done within a time period it's important for our residents it's important for the folks that are driving um, and and therefore uh, by by making sure that the contractor understands that responsibility, it makes it better for everyone. So I just wanted to add that to you. We have held a contract with Redstone before um, in 2015 and 2016. So they're familiar with this contract. Um, Greg's right. Uh, the contractor we had last year, they they wanted a 40% increase and they were not willing to negotiate. So that's when we went out for a rebid and we actually came in with a 31% increase. 
Tanya, how much are we expecting to contract the cost? Uh, I know it's on an as-needed basis, but what are we anticipating for the year? Um, I know in 2021, we gave them approximately $750,000 worth of work. Okay. When you add up the O&M and the capital combined. Okay, yeah, you answered my question. I was just going to see if we had worked with them before, if they were the same contractor. So, but you answered that for me. I don't have any other questions if any other commissioners do. I know, but Redstone has a, I mean, their, their reputation is pretty reputable around the town. I mean, they do a lot of the municipality work in major cities throughout Arkansas. So, I mean, they, they're a pretty good company from what I've heard before. Are we ready to move to today's consideration? Yes. Okay. Staff is requesting commission to award the unit price construction contract to Redstone Construction Group and authorize Lower Rockwater Reclamation Authority's CEO to execute a contract for annual asphalt concrete surface repair. Do I hear a motion that effect? So moved. Second. Second. Any other questions? All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Motion passes. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman McBride. Harry Beth Lipskin will present an update on the biological expansion at Bush Creek Reclamation Facility. All right. Can y'all hear me? I know I had a little trouble last time getting the right screen up, but do we see do we see the right screen this time? All clear. Okay, good. <laughs> well, good afternoon, chairperson and commissioners. As always, it is a pleasure to be in front of y'all this evening. Today I'm doing a little continuation of Walter's Wastewater 101, call it Wastewater 102 from last month with a new project on the horizon for us at the Fush Creek Water Reclamation Facility. This project will involve an expansion of our biological capacity at that facility. So we'll go ahead and dive on in and see what that might entail. So let's get started here with just a quick map for reference. Most of you are familiar, but our Fush facility is located in the port, bordered by the Arkansas River to the east, and then there is a glimpse of the Adams Field facility in between the runways of the airport, just for reference. So just a quick overview of what we'll be covering today. We will go over our current and historical biological and hy hydraulic capacities at our FUSH reclamation facility. We will dive into what the difference between biological and hydraulic capacities is. We'll discuss the timeline of the project and why we are bringing it before you now, and then cover the next steps and where we see this project going. So jumping a little ways back here to 1987, a little bit before my time, the plant um, push came online in 82 and was the second plant um, for the city of Little Rock and was expanded in 87 to a step feed activated plant. Um, 
this is what we're looking at today is that construction in 87. So ultimately, that step feed addition to the plant included what you see here, the construction of the screw pump station, the activated aeration tanks, and final clarifiers. And at that time, the plant had a hydraulic capacity of 36 million gallons per day and a biological capacity of 18,000 pounds per day of treatable biological capacity. Now, I know that's a lot of numbers and information, but what does that mean and what is biological treatment? Well, I am so glad you guys asked. <laughs> this is what we call a settlometer test where we determine how settleable our solids are. But what I want to focus on is the solids to water ratio in this depiction. The settled material on the bottom is the organic material in wastewater. The water on top of that is the water that is used to move the waste organics to and through the treatment plant. The plant was originally designed to receive 16 million gallons of water with its 18,000 pounds of solids, as you can see here. Now, this beaker is an example of the peak hydraulic capacity, or the plant's capacity to process dilute wastewater from a rainfall event. So back in 1987 and up until just recently, that peak hydraulic capacity was 36 million gallons of water when we had a rainfall event. So we can handle varying increases in the hydraulic or rainwater loading, but we're still only able to treat that 18,000 pounds biologically. Now, our consent administrative order called for an increase in the hydraulic capacity at Bush, which we did in a phased approach and with the addition of this final clarifier that you see and then sub subsequent asset upgrades at this facility. If you recall, in 2020, we completed the last phase, which increased our incredible hydraulic capacity to 48 MGD or million gallons per day and included the upgrades to the equipment that are highlighted here in this picture. Now, notice I said increase in hydraulic capacity only. The biological capacity was not affected by this upgrade. So let's head back to the speaker. You can visually see that we've increased the hydraulic capacity from 36 to 48 million gallons but our organic solids or biological capacity is still the same. And this is where we are with FUSH today. So why now? Why do we need to start looking into this biological expansion now? And I wanna highlight just a couple of reasons why it's important that we begin this preliminary study now. Um, this gives a broad picture of where our treatment plant is and shows just how many industries um, we currently serve from the port. This certainly is not all of them, and notice how much space is available in the port. This is space for growth and opportunity and new businesses to come in. But when we talk about new industries, it also means added sewer capacity and the need to be able to treat that. As for our current biological capacity, our treatment plant is nearing our 80 percentile of its designed biological capacity. And it's industry standard that once you approach that 80th percentile, you begin planning and investigating new ways to achieve an increase in that capacity. So that's kind of where we're at. And so that is what this project would help us achieve. And then this is a, this is a broader um, view of our facility and the available lands around it. We're a little bit south, but what I want you to see, what I want you to notice is just the growth and, and, and the land available for new industries to come into the port. 
We've got the Amazon here as a new contributor to the plant, as well as clearly plenty of space for other industries and domestic contributors to plant their roots here in the port, here in Little Rock. And in order for us to be able to accommodate those added flows, we have to have the hydraulic and biological capacities to do so. But like any big treatment plant expansion, similar to the one that we just went through in 2020 and the Adams Field Project, this takes time. It will take time to get the funds, to get the engineering team on board and go through the design process. So sometimes uh, projects like this big can take anywhere from upwards of five years to be built and be operational. So we really need to start this planning process right now. So back to the beaker, as you can see, we move a little bit further um, into a, kind of a, a questionable period. There's a question mark here because we're not certain how much increase in capacity we need at this time. We could be looking to address this in a few phases or several options to provide us with incremental increases of biological capacity. Um, that might look like smaller package units that we implement in line at the plant and then ultimately that, that larger expansion. However, should the port receive interest from a major wastewater contributor, that would require significant expansion to the plant's biological capacity, which, like I said, could take up to several years to design and construct. And we just want to make sure that we stay ahead of these industries and are ready when they come in and take root in the port. Um, part of the initial preliminary engineering package would be to study the lands that we have available and how much we would need to project the expansion for future industries. And then lastly, I'll, I also just want to note that this expansion would also benefit um, our domestic contributors as well. Um, at this time, I will pass the baton over to Greg to finish this out. And, and Chairman Biden, Commissioners, um, we, we are always looking at, at, at where we feel that the next improvement needs to occur. Um, and it, with the CARES Act monies that uh, the states were given, um, one of the things that they are able to do with that money is invest it in water, wastewater, and broadband infrastructure. And so I took the opportunity, and I probably talked to you folks about it, but I took the opportunity to ask the governor uh, for some substantial amount of money to be able to prepare uh, the Fush Creek Water Reclamation Facility for the future. And what does that mean? That means, again, as, as Kerry Beth stated, if we have a, um, a manufacturing company that comes in, specifically one um, that requires lots of wastewater uh, services, where we stand now, we may have to say, we can't help you. And so um, what we want to do is stay ahead of that curve. And so one is we're obviously asking uh, the governor to consider um, our request. Um, but secondly, um, it, it we, we just need to be we, we need to be prepared for the years to come. And as Kerry uh, but stated, it takes a uh, four to five years and sometimes longer for treatment plant expansions to actually occur from the time you design them to the time you get the monies that are needed to build them to the time they actually get built. So these things don't happen overnight and we just need to make sure that we're we're mindful that, they just have to start early in order to really be completed in a manner in which uh, which will allow us to continue providing services. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is, as Carrie Beth pointed out, uh, we have this 80% rule. 
And the 80% rule basically says that once the utility uh, on, on the solid side meets its 80% capacity, it really is prudent to really start thinking about what that next expansion is. And we're pretty close to it now. So wanted to bring that to you. Um, we are working uh, with, a, uh, we will be working with a consultant to look and see what that is going to look like. And we will be bringing that to you. Um, Carrie, Beth, and, and I guess I'll ask Tanya, is there anything else that I'm missing? I don't think so, Greg. Tanya? Not that I know of. All right. So, um, uh, Commissioner, is there any questions that you have? I, I, we just wanted to give you a perspective of where we're at with, with the capacity of Forge Creek and, and what, what, why we're doing what we're doing. I don't have any questions, but I appreciate the update. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Chairman. Anyone else have questions? Okay. Are we ready to move on? We are. Okay. Mike Ryder will present our financials. Good afternoon, Chairman. Good afternoon. Commissioners. I'm uh, in the cab east today because uh, my computer, I guess, didn't want to log into WebEx today. So it's a good thing we practice these things and find out in the middle of the afternoon instead of at 3.59. But I'd like to spend a few minutes talking about our uh, results financially in December and then do a high-level review of what uh, the 12 months for 2021 look like. So if we could go to the first slide, please. December was a lot like the last several months. We had significantly more revenue than what we had budgeted, 5.8 million on a budget of 5 million. Um, both assessments, non-domestic and domestic, were greater than budget with non-domestic being by far the majority of the overachievement on revenue. So revenues just continued to be very strong and uh, Chairwoman McBride, I think last month you asked um, how our revenues in 2021 looked compared to where we thought we would be in 2021 back before we ever knew about COVID. And we really were probably were within about a million dollars of what we expected 2021 to be um, just on a linear projection pre-pandemic. Uh, so they really have rebounded very strong. And we now, you know, feel confident that that will continue into 2022. On the uncollectible account side, uh, which has continued to be an issue in 2020 and 2021, again, a normal year is about $400,000. 2020 was about 1.3 million. And that number is coming down. 2021 was just a little over a million dollars. Um, so things are getting better. Uh, we've probably hit the peak on uncollectibles, but it's still significantly greater than uh, than what would be normal pre-pandemic. Looking at the next page, we take a look at operating expenses. You know, this is the win-win situation for us. Not only did we overachieve compared to budget on revenue, but we ran under on expenses. We were 2.6 million on a budget of 3.1 million for December. Uh, the, the underruns were across the board. Contract services were under budget by 30% and supplies were under budget by 33%. Utilities continued to run under budget. 
by $90,000, 40%. So, you know, we really ended up the year, and, and we'll talk about that uh, as we walk through the next set of slides, kind of summarizing 2021 in a really strong cash reserve position as a result of these results. Next slide, please. So if we look at 2021, the top is the income statement and um, the far right is the variance compared to uh, actual and budget. And you can see the highlight, we, we overachieved our revenue budget by $4.8 million, of which uh, non-domestic, our commercial accounts were 3.1. So the vast majority of our overachievement, it was driven by our commercial accounts rebounding much faster than we expected them to as we uh, continue to deal with and, and emerge from the worst part of the pandemic, arguably. But even domestic revenues were a million dollars greater, almost a million dollars greater than, than we budgeted. So just a really strong year uh, revenue-wise. If we look in the middle of the page, operating expenses, um, they were under budget in total for the 12 months by 1.5 million. That's the second highlighted number on the far right in the middle of the page. And you can see um, the line items themselves that they really ran across the board. Salaries and benefits were almost $500,000 under our budget. That was primarily driven by the fact that we had a hiring freeze in place for the first few months of the year while we, while we took a look at uh, what revenues were gonna do. When we realized they started out strong and were, and were gonna stay strong, we lifted that freeze. Then we got into the challenging job market. And uh, while we're making progress, we, we still underran salaries and benefits by almost $500,000. Supplies, a couple hundred thousand dollars uh, less than budget. Contract services, almost 350000 under budget. Again, pretty much across the board with the exception of vehicle expense where gas prices were just higher than what uh, we expected them to be when we put the budget together a year ago. And then um, the bottom highlighted section then is really our, our net surplus from operations and it's 6.5 million greater than we budgeted. And, you know, the timing is fantastic because we implemented a year ago, the last of our rate increases, we have no more rate increases. So to be able to continue to add to the reserve um, is really gonna help us as we, uh, as we get through the next few years. Next slide, please. Summarizing the achievements, I've already uh, talked about uh, a couple of them, but we did complete the partial refunding of the 2015 sewer bond in the uh, in the third quarter. It, it's going to save us roughly seven million dollars in cash, the majority of which we'll see in uh, 2022 and 2023. Uh, again, revenue exceeded budget by 4.8 million. O&M expenses were under budget by 1.5 million. And in total, our cash balance increased by $9.7 million from where it was a year ago to where it was at the end of the year. Next slide, please. Here's a look at December cash flow. We began the month with 63.1 million in the bank um, because of some capital investments that we booked. Um, we actually decreased our cash balance in the month by 4.3 million ending the year at $58.8 million. 
of which almost 49 million is our operating reserve and just under 10 million is restricted money primarily related to bond reserves. We're required based on our formula to have 9.4 million in our operating reserve. You know, we're well five plus times greater than that. And our bond coverage ratio, which is required to be at 120%, ends the year at 161%. The final slide is a summary of our debt at year end. We began the month with 382.8 million in debt. Um, we drew down about 1.2 million in additional um, capacity to fund capital expenditures. We had $700,000 of principal payments. We end the year with 383.3 million in debt, and our monthly interest on that debt runs about a million dollars. So, um, more to come on 2021 financial performance in future meetings. We'll have the audit report presented, I believe, in the uh, April meeting. But uh, just a just a strong year financially across the board uh, by the utility, both on the revenue side and the expense management side. We feel really good about where we ended the year and uh, and, and our cash reserves. Any questions? I don't have any, um, but thank you. And thank you for answering my question in the beginning as well. It helps us just to be confident that our strong position is uh, relative to what it would have been before. So I appreciate you answering that again. Certainly. And Chairwoman McBride, I also want to say that uh, when Mark Bennett was on, um, if I don't know if you if you recall, but they they helped us a couple years ago uh, during this COVID period, which we're still in right now, um, with some uh, some principal. Um, I don't know, it was delayed, I guess. Uh, Mike, if can you you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So again, as you recall, we we worked with them and they deferred principal payments for three years, which we began to see the benefit of right at the end of 2020 was a strong benefit in 2021, will be a strong benefit in 2022, and then we'll still have some benefit in 2023. And overall, you know, they they deferred about $16.5 million in principal payments in total, so a little over $5 million a year. They added them on to the end of each of our outstanding loans with them with no additional interest. So, you know, just another move to really help strengthen our cash position in this period where we're not going to see rate increases. And we really, when we made that move, we, we really didn't know and didn't have much feeling for how big of an impact financially the pandemic was going to have on us. Fortunately, uh, we came out of it much better than I think any of us might have anticipated and certainly much better than we feared. Um, but that was just some additional, that was icing on the cake really for us. Perfect. Thank you. I mean, I, I do remember that, but thank you for connecting those dots. That was going to make a difference in the next couple of years. Yeah, Mark was instrumental, as Greg said, in making that happen. Awesome. Is he still, he's not still on. <laughs> okay. Well, he's retired. He's probably having a cocktail. He's retired. He's already. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Any other questions, commissioners, for Mr. Rhoda? Thank you. Okay, thank you. Jean Block will present the legal update. Hello, commissioners. Uh, I will start. Uh, we just have one pending lawsuit still, and we are still in a holding pattern as we wait for 
the appellate court to issue a ruling uh, on that motion for summary judgment that we prevailed on. Um, in terms of other activities, uh, been working quite a bit on a uh, with our engineering team on an um, easement issue involving Entergy. Um, spent the last few months working on a, a damage claim, and I'm happy that we were able to bring that to resolution last week. Um, and spending the last few weeks working on um, hiring for the environmental affairs director, and we'll start interviews at the end of this week. Um, so that's just an overview. Um, and then I wanted to just um, rem issue a reminder to you all, um, January 31st is the deadline for you to submit your statements of financial interest. Um, you should have received a letter from me at the start of the month and it includes the form and the instructions and that gets submitted to the City of Little Rock's clerk's office downtown at City Hall. So just a reminder uh, about that. But that's my report. Thank you so much. I will remember to get mine in. Anybody else have questions? Hey, Mr. Ramon, you've got highlights. Yeah, I just want to add to what Jean was saying. Um, so we are working with Entergy. If you recall, we had the Gain Street uh, project where a pipeline is uh, is in pretty bad shape. It goes underneath a, uh, a substation, uh, but we're diligently working with them to get that taken care of so that we can get that pipeline replaced. Um, Chairwoman McBride, Commissioner, I'd like to start with the, the um, my highlights, and I, I will say I'm, I'm, I'm always proud of my group, and um, I, I think our employees are, are some of the best employees uh, that there is. Um, our first on-site blood drive of the year was held January 4th. The donations were made by employees uh, through the Arkansas Blood Institute. Uh, it will help about 24 patients in need. And again, I'd like to say thank you, thank each one of our employees uh, for making this possible. Also, um, as you know, each month we continue to serve our community through our Community Champions Program. Um, and our first Community Champion activity uh, for the year was to assist the Ronald McDonald House in taking down their Christmas uh, decorations. Not as much fun as putting them back on, but obviously it's, a work, it's work that needs to be done um, as well. Um, and um, Chairman McBride, Commissioners, I'm not exactly sure how this happened, but I am honored to be selected as an Influencer of the Year for 2022 by the Arkansas Money and Politics Magazine. This is the third year the magazine has presented the recognition um, that was included in uh, January's issue. Um, also, um, it is time for us to uh, go back out and advertise for health insurance broker services. Um, as you know, this is our first year being self-funded and it's important for us to continue working uh, with a strong health, health insurance service broker. Uh, the selected vendor will, uh, will quote and evaluate different health insurance options uh, on our behalf, as well as make recommendations so that we obtain the best insurance product um, at the best value for our employees. Um, Want to also let you know that uh, there, the Planning Commission, uh, there will be a public hearing scheduled for February 10th and the public hearing, we will be included in that. Um, we have requested for a conditional use permit at Little Maumelle Water Reclamation Facility. 
Uh, right when the facility was being built, the original conditional use permit uh, in 2006 included language that all of the solids that are produced, and if you remember what you saw Carrie Bed talk about, um, that all of that gets piped away from the facility instead of being removed by truck. Uh, the conditional use permit will amend that permit to allow us to remove the solids uh, by using trucks. So, so why is this important? Well, the current means of conveying uh, conveyance route of the solids through the collection system where it's mixed with the sanitary flow. Um, also, the system uh, is subjected to a lot of stress um, as the infrastructure deteriorates more rapidly and also causes more odor issues as a result of the concentrated uh, solids in the system. Additionally, uh, currently using the piping system requires solids to be redundantly treated. So uh, it, it poses an inefficiencies in the timing and, and energy uh, in the reclamation process. The ability to truck the material to the Fush Creek Water Reclamation Facility where it will be added to the digesters directly provides a more efficient means of solid management. We will utilize the same road access uh, currently used by not only garbage trucks, delivery trucks, and so forth, uh, where they enter and leave the facility, um, as well as the truck containers uh, used will, uh, for solid transport will be covered. Um, Chairwoman McBride, um, that is all I have, um, and I hope is again that, uh, that uh, we get the permit approved um, and we'll be making you aware of that. But that really is all I have as far as um, the highlights, unless there's any questions. I have none, thank you. Okay, I, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to go on to the February items. Absolutely. So it's that time of the year that we produce what we call the Sierra Club Annual Report. And this report outlines our efforts uh, and the projects completed in 2021, which will allow uh, Little Rock Water Reclamation Authority to meet the Sierra Club settlement requirements. Um, um, also, uh, as you know, uh, we spent a lot of money on our system, but we're also required to make sure that we let them know what's been completed and, and then also our ability to, to meet the uh, consent administrative order. Uh, you, will, you will get a copy of it uh, for the February uh, meeting before we send it out. Also, um, uh, as you know, we have spent uh, lots of time and money upgrading our financial enterprise software system and Mike and his staff will provide an update on, on the progress and where we're at with that. Um, and Chairwoman McBride, that's what I have for the proposed February items at this time. Um, and if there are any questions of me. I don't have any questions. Commissioners, do you all have any? Chairwoman McBride, that's all I have. All right, thank you. Any old business? New business? All right, our next meeting is February 16th, 2022. Is there any objection to adjourning the meeting? Hearing none, the meeting is adjourned. Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks for being here. Thank you.